Have you ever spent three months with three shadows? Well, we're fixing to talk about what happens when you do. You speak, we listen. Conversations connecting people. This is the Chuck Williams Show. Welcome back to another edition of the Chuck Williams Show. This is our record for guests. We have three guests with us today, and they all three of these kids are students. They're not kids. They're young adults, but... I'm 61. They're kids. Okay. They've all been students at Columbus. They're all students at Columbus State, and they have taken a practicum course. We've got Dr. Dana Gibson, who's the dean of CSU, and you're sort of watching this. But their course credit, they get one hour for shadowing me this semester. I'm joined here by Jada Washington. Jada, welcome. Thank you. Jada is from Covington, Georgia, a junior, right? And she has been a delight. We're also joined by Brian Thompson. Brian's another junior from Conyers. Welcome, Brian. Welcome. And then we're also joined by Jasmine Edmond. Jasmine is a junior as well. She is the homegirl, Shaw High School, right? Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Chuck. I'm excited to be here. It's great to have you. Let's talk. First of all, let's talk about what happened here. This is something that CSU experimented with. We've got a bureau on the CSU campus. And the experiment was y'all get to spend a semester shadowing a journalist, journalist me. What did you hope to get out of this, Brian, when this started? What, why did you take this course? I wouldn't have taken this course, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it was kind of, it came out of nowhere. I was kind of shocked when I got the email from um, Dr. Gibson for the practicum. So I was like, well, let me sign up. And the main reason why is because um, I am a storyteller. I believe myself a storyteller. I look up everything as a story connected in life. And so um, when I found out we were shadowing, you know, I, I was like, let me do my little research. Let me go on Indeed and let me see. And why I seem like you have worked in journalism and like for like 10 plus years. And then I believe. Try 40, like, brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but more like really for a long time and just the rapid stories of, um, Reptile stories of people claim of your journalism. It, I was like, okay, this be cool. And the main reason was because I want to be a producer in film and broadcast. And so the best way to do that is follow someone with a journalist like with your caliber would be great. Well, you know, you and I, you wouldn't look at us and say, hey, these two guys are a lot alike, but we are. We are both pure storytellers. That was the one thing I noticed that you gravitated and you just hit on it. You were more interested in how I told the story and what the story was in a way that maybe it was like, okay, he, he's looking at the story. And I thought that was kind of cool all the way through. For for you, Jada, why, why did you take this course? So um, I've always been interested in film and media, but I recently did a – in high school, I did an experience where I got to, like, shadow. Like, we went to CNN. We went to Cartoon Network. We did all of that. And that's when I fell I in hope love. I was closer to CNN <laughs> than Cartoon Network. No, you were. <laughs> um, but I'm just saying we visited a lot of um, different industries, and we got to see a lot of different aspects of the media industry. And it was there when, like, I fell in love with an industry. And I decided that I actually wanted to be a news anchor, Um and so when I found out that you were, I was like, oh, this would be perfect. I got to see the behind the scenes. I get to see, like, my favorite moments was, just, like, watching you work in the studio. 
So that's why I personally took it because I was like, you're in the career path that I wanted to follow. And I kind of wanted to see your journey. And, and that's been obvious. You, you've seen more studio work probably than anybody because your hours were a little later on mm-hmm. the day. So you saw more of the, the end of They saw uh, Brian and Jasmine saw the gathering process. You saw what kind of went on the air. Yeah, I saw the execution a lot. And, and, and that, that was kind of cool. That was a cool experience. Why did you do it? Well, like I kind of shared with you when I did the interview, uh, this started for me at a very young age, early age. Um, I remember watching the news with my grandmother in the mornings, and that's when I really fell in love with it. Um, I've always been a writer, love to write, love to journal. Uh, so I've been in love with this since I was a little girl. I knew this is what I wanted to do. So when I saw the opportunity come across, I was like, yes, you know, I know Mr. Chuck. I see him on TV, you know. <laughs> of course. And that made so much sense. I buried the lead here. Uh, folks, if you're listening to this, you're also listening to their final exam. This is their final <laughs> exam. So no pressure, guys. But you got Dr. Gibson over here grading you. So, I mean, for the record, I'm going to go ahead and put on the record, I, I would give three A's. I mean, I'm just telling you right now, you're the, you're the professor. You can do what you want. But the recommendation on the record is three A's. They have all been great. But also... They didn't just sign up. They went through an interview process with myself and Connor Hackling, our news director. There were, I think, eight, nine that interviewed, and we came down to three folks. And, you know, so y'all had to do a competitive situation to get into it. And that simulated some it – was, it, it wasn't a job interview, but it was. I mean, it was a simulation of that. So as you move through this – have you picked up things out of this that have been helpful to you as you start looking, you know, and getting closer to, as my daughter says, adulting? Uh, go, go ahead. Go ahead, Jada. You start. Yeah. Me? Oh, no. Um, I would say yes. One, adulting in the specific area of, like, this field, I would say I learned a lot. When I would watch the news at home, you know, with my dad, I never – knew like behind the scenes like the execution until I got here like I didn't realize that as journalists as news anchors you guys like write a lot of your own scripts you do a lot of the own investigating I I do all of my you, own know, you do all of it yes I watched with help all of from that some of my colleagues mm-hmm. but yeah and I watched that happen and I would say that's one thing that I learned I also learned just like the f- floor aspect of like when you guys are just like working because I I'm there mostly back there, um, you know, watching work. Yeah, in the newsroom. And just seeing, like, even though you're all working on your own stories, just seeing, like, the collaboration of all of y'all just talking and helping build each other's own stories was just, like, amazing. So I'd say I definitely learned that, too. What did you think, Brian, about the fact that more people in that newsroom are way closer to your age than they are mine? (laughs) Uh, For starters, it was a bit like, oh, okay. I'm not gonna lie. I was expecting like older people. So when I seen like um, coworkers of that um, that was near my age, like straight out of college, in First here, job. yeah, I was like, okay, this is more um, tangible and it's a great way because my end result is I want to start off going to CNN in Atlanta, but I want to work at a local station prior and just have that experience. So seeing younger people that's my age, I was like, this is 
way more tangible and possible. So you got to see we're hiring people like you. Yes. Did, was that, was, did that help you, you know, as you, did that help, was that helpful to you? It was. Um, I met a few, um, who, I don't know about your names, but I, I know like. Michaela, I think you met Michaela. Yeah, Michaela, I met Mallory. I met a few of, and just hearing them saying like, you know, you got this. This is really um, a cool opportunity to really jump on. So for me, it was more of a confirmation when I seen my peers that's in my age group here. I'm like, I can do that right after college or even start from an internship and work my way into the company. So that's the plan. And that's one of the visions that Connor, Jinker Connell before him and Dr. Gibson had is the, the internship is the next step. And the internship is a full course, a full semester credit. You have to do it to graduate. We take full advantage of it. And we use a lot of interns from CSU, Auburn, UGA. Um, so, you know, you got to see that, and you think you'll you think you will uh, apply for one of the internships. Yes, and and the, and now we know you, you know us. It makes that process a lot easier. Um, from your perspective, Jasmine, you're a little older. You graduated from Shaw. What year? Two thousand eleven. So you are. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get in trouble when I use this term, but you're a more mature student. You're a student <laughs> who. Coming back, you 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 have you have been in the world, and you're now making decisions. Okay, this is what I I need this degree to go in this direction. Yes. Using that life experience, what did you get out of this? Well, <clears throat> I would say, with me not being a traditional college student, um, I was also excited to also see you know people my age here as well. Um, it made me, because um, at first, you know, you start with a little self-doubt. When you're out of school for a little while, you've taken a break, life has happened. There's a lot of self-doubt, you know, when you're going back to school and trying to get it all together. Going so, back to school yeah. is a commitment more than a decision absolutely. for somebody you're in your situation. Absolutely, absolutely. So I, I would say that I, I learned a lot from this uh, entire experience. It made me excited. It, it has me motivated. Um, I'm excited for a possible internship. It just it got some fire under me, Chuck. I must right. say, That's, you know, <laughs> that that right there, what y'all have just said, all the way across the board, but finishing with Jasmine, is one of the reasons that I wanted to do this because, you know, I've only got four or five more years, maybe a little longer, but it depends. But you know, the sun's setting, sun's rising in the east, it's setting in the west, and you know. I want people to see how I do it and, you know, and take the good and the bad from it. I mean, you, you can learn both ways. One of the things that we went through with all three of y'all, y'all got to see court in a way that very few college students do. You were in superior court. You were in recorder's court. Okay, we'll start. You were in recorder's court. The first step after you get arrested. You were in superior court, which is where the state prosecutes you. Y'all even got to see the DA prosecuted, unbelievably. And then you were in federal court, which is the highest of high bars when it comes to our legal system. Uh, I'll start with you because you were the you took so many notes. I, I, Brian, you took more notes than any human being I've ever seen. But I, I want to see what's in that little purple thing. Um, but you know, you were the note taking guy. What was your take on the court system? Um, 
all three of them was very similar, but very different. Um, I would say the lower level court, like the first appearance, yeah, court, or quarters court. That was more. Um, it was there was all tension, but that was like the lightest of them. Federal court, it was very much like don't even blink, don't even look, just sit there. And so, please don't let my phone go off. Right. <laughs> so, um, what I usually do, um, I write down what I see. Uh, I know many times, like when I'm with Cora Jasmine, like that's the first thing she sees my handwriting, and I'm writing down what I see observation wise, and. A lot, all three of them across the board has been silent killers. But um, what taught me in that environment is silent like, killers. Well, like silent killers in terms of like it's silent, but like anyone can be killed in court in terms of metaphorical terms. But in terms of like it's people, like it in some cases is it's those courts can take away your freedom, right. your money, and your kids. Yeah, there are very few places. And they can take away your life on the, in extreme circumstances. Yeah, they're very intimidating. But um, it had taught me um, to be attentive, very attentive, when um, prior before court starts or prior when the um, when judge comes in, just really be attentive and stay on the edge of your seat because you don't know where you're going to miss. There's been times where I write notes and, you know, maybe you have missed something and we just trade notes or there, trade notes with Jasmine. So There were times in federal court there's federal court, you can have no recording devices at all. So I don't have a camera. I don't even have an audio player going. And there were times during, we were covering the Willie Demps public corruption trial. Mr. Demps is accused of stealing half a million dollars from the superior court coffers. Public money he is alleged to have stolen from you and I. You got to see that, and, and there were seven co-defendants with him. We got to see that. But there were times that I went would look at you either when we got back here or in the courtroom and say, okay, I missed that amount. How much was it? And you were you were kind of a second, both all of y'all, but you specifically because I knew you were taking down everything. I was like, you were a second set of ears and eyes for me. And that was a, and that was a plus I didn't see coming out of this. Um, let's go to you, Jada. What did – you seem the least comfortable in the court situations to me. You just kind of seem, I mean, edgy is not the right word, but you were you were like, whoa, what am I walking into? Is that a fair assessment? Um, I don't know. I only went was able to go to court once. Okay, you were in the Mark Jones stuff, Yeah, though, I was right? in the Mark Jones. Um, and it was just you and I that afternoon, if was. I remember correctly. I will say that... In a sense, I would say that it's a fair assessment. I did walk in, and I was like, well, what did I get into? Because I immediately went in. It was halfway through the trial. It was like, all right, turn off your phone. Um, <laughs> don't make any noise. Don't let anyone know that you're here. Just sit there and, like, be still. But watching the whole experience, like, I hate to relate it to TV, but I was like, this is nothing like TV. So that that is an that is an absolutely accurate statement and people don't realize it mm-hmm. court real life court is not like tv court in any way and we were covering the first mark jones trial there've been two this in y'all's one semester he is now out of office and in state prison but the one we call covered he was acquitted on and because of covid there was limited space in in the court the judge allowed me to bring y'all in. I mean, I went and cleared it with the judge 
They said, okay, I'm going to have three CSU kids. They'll come in in various stages. And, you know, and this was Judge uh, Cochran. He was the uh, um, judge out of Macon. And I said, they're, sh- they're, they're getting class credit to shadow me. He said, okay, bring them in. Just tell them to be quiet. You're responsible for them. And, you know, in every court we went in, I was the one, if y'all had done something crazy, I was the one that was going to report. And I'm here to report. This is why they're getting A's in my book. They never got me in trouble. And that, I mean, and that's and that's what we're looking You Talk a little bit about the court from your perspective. Well, um, to piggyback off of what they said, it was very intense, <clears throat> excuse me, and very serious. Um, I did not expect court to be like that. I've never sat in... Um, on any type of cases or, or I've, I've never experienced that. So all we have is what we see on TV. So yeah, it was very, very serious, um, intense. Like Brian said, almost like a silent killer because we were witnessing people, you know, being, you know, possibly sentenced to this, you know, you spending their life in prison possibly, you know, especially with the Willie Demps case, he's looking at a lot of, you know, time possibly. So just seeing that, you know, firsthand, it was it was very intense. The Demps case is not over. Will you follow it? I will. Because uh, I want to see that through. I want to, yeah. You've got you've got an investment in <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, right I, I do. I do. I do. What about you, Brian? Will you follow? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. It's been times me and Jasmine have yeah. like took lunch <laughs> and like really look into it, and I think like like the porches like. We didn't even see how really in depth. Curtis and Doreen yes. Porch were two yeah. co-defendants that were in the case. Mm-hmm. So we didn't see like how deep in trouble they was because they're like they have done like other things <laughs> that was even more like whoa. They are also accused of uh, of PPE theft. Yeah. So so they had they had double things running Pretty and much. and they both played guilty last week. Um. Oh. They, uh, t- uh, uh, she pled to both. He pled to just the Demp stuff. He has not pled to the PPE stuff yet. Um, so he's still accused of that. He has not pled to that. You, Brian, you got to see something the other two didn't see, and you got to see it very early on. There's a lawyer in town. I'm not going to say his name, but there's a lawyer in town was outside the courtroom, and we were talking about a court case, and you know, in the privileges that my, I went off the record with, and that extended to you. You you could not use that. I mean, and I said, okay, you're. I'm off the record. You know, we can't use what we're doing, but he's giving me background that's going to help me cover it. What did you think when you saw me and that attorney talking for 20, 25 minutes, and you saw how he opened up, and I mean, you saw how I get information? Um. Well. For starters, it showed uh, how valuable networking is in this particular field. And secondly, um, I believe that was on the donut case. If I, it was. It was. It was. A, yeah. it was. Um, seeing that conversation, just witness it, because I didn't even write write nothing down or anything. Like, it was definitely <laughs> off the record. Um, but seeing that information, it was very much give or take. Um, I give you a little bit of this. I give you a little bit of this, and it was a fair trade. So it wasn't less of because I had some information he didn't have. Exactly, and in that moment, I realized, okay, this is how the game works. You gotta give a little to get a little bit, and it's it's accuracy. It's very much being transparent with information to know um, what you're trading. Do you know why I was having that conversation with you? 
Do you know what the purpose for me of that conversation was? Well, it might, well. Yeah, tell me. I mean, there's no right or wrong answers. You already got an A in my book. Um, uh, well, when in that moment, I just thought simply for the story and to get certain details out because I think at that time um, it was a bit chaotic what happened with the donut ca- or the donut. The, the donut case was the Civic Center campaign video yes. Mark Jones did that he they ended up dropping the charges. They didn't convict him. They got him on other stuff that had to do with the office. But what I was trying to do there and just is – the most important thing, and I hope y'all have gotten this out of this, is to get it right. Accuracy trumps everything else. If you know, if it's not accurate, you know, and it could be one fact that you've screwed up, then that can cascade and keep lead people to cause doubt on other facts that you know are right. So, you know, that's why I have those conversations with folks. So you got to see a good one. That was a that was a give and take in and it's a lawyer I respect greatly. I mean, you know, and you and you could, I hope, could you sense that he trusted or didn't trust me in that conversation? I definitely sense he trusts you, but I do know he, you know, it's all about keeping the distance. With, yeah. Like, you know, while muddying the boundaries. But he, yeah, definitely sensed the trust. But he was, he knew that I wasn't going to go back and, and use right. that, you know, and, and that's part of this that I think y'all have got to see a little bit. From your perspective, oh, let's go over here. Let's go to Jasmine. Um, from your perspective, what's something you've seen in the shadow that you didn't expect to see or something that jumped out at you? Um, <clears throat> something <clears throat> that I would say I didn't expect. Let me think about this question because there was a few things I did. Yeah, I mean, lay it out. I mean, um, I'll stop you if you start to go over the line. <laughs> I got you. Um, the amount of patience you have to have. Let's start there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Not my best virtue. <laughs> but uh, just sitting in on the elections while we waited on the vote count, uh, things like that. You have to have a lot of patience in this field. Also, uh, speaking on accuracy, yes, you have to be accurate but also fair. Um, you have to have, you know, a, a fair pers- perspective on things because you may not agree with someone you're interviewing with or talking to. And y'all seen or, that. Yeah. I mean, because y'all have heard some of my inner thoughts as I've walked away from things as I've been processing them. I'm, I'm a human like y'all. I got my opinions. I got my thoughts, and, you know, and, and you've gotten to see those kind of in, in action. I mean, Great me. Do you think I've been fair? I do. I do. Why, why do you I say that? I think you do a great job of that because you're able to sit and hold a conversation with someone, like I said, that you may not have the same viewpoints or beliefs, um, and you're able to do that and be fair to that person. You allow them, you know, to to voice their opinion, their viewpoint without, you know, attacking them. Or You're, you're just a very well-balanced, fair person um, from every experience I've witnessed. And, you know, that comes into play because we are in the height. I mean, political season is starting to ramp up. And I'll be interviewing candidates. I, who saw me interview uh, uh, Belle Isle? Uh, we did, yeah. Okay, y'all mm-hmm. saw me interview uh, uh, Mr. Belle Isle, state senator or state representative. I mean, uh, yes. Former mayor, no, yes. former mayor um, of uh, one of the North Fulton cities. Yes. And um, he is running for secretary of state. He's a Trumper. He is a 
staunch supporter of President Trump, and he thinks that the Georgia election was fraudulent. That means that, did I sum it up fairly? Yes. Uh, it was a really interesting interview, though. I mean, they, they, I mean, you know, I challenged him at times with questions, but, I mean, I let him say what he wanted to say. Is that kind of what you were talking about? Yes, with, yes, that, absolutely. Um, That's exactly what I was referring to. And, um, what about you, Jada? What have you kind of seen from his perspective that has been different? Um, I don't know if it's been a little different, but I've definitely seen how thorough it is, which you should expect going to journalism, because like you said, accuracy is very important. But just watching you work at the desk, I would see how you would type up a script, but then you'd stop and you'd call someone like, is this what happened? Can you confirm the number? Like with the elevator situations, like how many people were in there? Or um, A jury got <laughs> stuck on an elevator yes. in the government center <laughs> and uh, right after they had been selected and uh, and we were making sure we had the information accurate. Yes. Uh, ended up being 12 of the 14 that got stopped. Wow. They finished the case on the first floor. <laughs> they did not put them back in the... And then and that hat was happening the same exact day as the sales tax vote to, to build a new government center. I mean, you know, you would almost think they did it on purpose. I know they didn't. I know they didn't. But it was like, are you kidding me? Today, of all days? So, you know... Did you did any of y'all jump in? Whoever wants to jump in here, guys. Did y'all learn at all how quickly you think you got a plan and then the plan changes? Yes. The story changes. Did did was that I mean, because in your academic world, you've got a you've got your class schedule, you've got your stuff, and you pretty much roll with it. I mean, my day can change on a dime. I hope y'all seen that. Definitely. Any, any anything about it that stuck out or is I I, I would say it, it gives a, a taste of what journalism can be and I can admit at least I don't know with the others too but waking up on Tuesday or Thursday with anxiety like okay what we're doing today is a bit <laughs> like oh but but I grew to love it probably like after the like first week or two and like got the hang of it like okay this I know and it's not like it's too wild and it's not like um, not scheduled. It's like a beautiful chaos. It's scheduled, but things can change. Well, we had a group text. The three of us had a group text. And like a couple of times, it changed from the night before to the morning, particularly on some of the court stuff. And I would just text, wear court clothes. I mean, it was like, don't wear shorts. I mean, that was sort of my don't wear shorts, wear court clothes, because you need to be dressed appropriately. Depending If you're going in federal court or in the superior court, you better you better present yourself in a manner that is not doesn't draw attention to you. You want to present yourself in, you know, in a professional manner. You know, and we y'all did get several texts, wear court clothes today, and they did. I mean, all three of y'all did. Uh let's talk a little bit about Columbus State and Columbus. I want to switch this a little bit. We got about 15, 20 more minutes. I want to if that, I want to switch this up and talk about Columbus. Jasmine, you're from here. You live here. This is your town. Y'all are transplants. Y'all came in out of the metro area. 
I'm going to ask all three of y'all the same question. It's going to be unfair because I'm going to start with start <laughs> with Jasmine. You meet somebody that is not from around here. Describe Columbus Church. To describe my city. I call it my city because I am from here. I was born and raised here. I love Columbus. Give me five. I like that. That's <laughs> what I like to hear. Um. To describe it, am I describing it in one word or how? No, just just give. I mean, describe it. I mean, don't take the rest of the podcast, but describe it. <laughs> I would have to say Columbus. I call it a melting pot because you got to think we have people from all over because of Fort Benning. Um, but I feel like it's it's a perfect example of Southern. What do they say we have? Southern charm. Charm. There we go. <laughs> That's the word I'm looking for. I think we are a perfect example of Southern charm. We welcome everyone in. Uh, we treat everyone good, or at least we try to here in Columbus. I feel like we uh, come together when we need to. Um, I don't know. It's, fam- <laughs> it's family for you. It's too. family for me. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Okay, Brian, you came in out of Conyers. Describe yeah. Columbus. Well, um, I first came to Columbus through Thescon. I used to be in like theater, so I so be, many of y'all Thescon kids. Came <laughs> so I be downtown. So I, that was the first thing that I liked Columbus. Now, when I first like officially moved to Columbus and for school, um, I believe that everyone's experience be different because it's a town. But um, for me, I met various people, so I got diversity the first thing when I came here, um, and I worked. Even on Bid Mill, it was just like a little event center just downtown, and I met just different types of people. So usually um, I met people that are very naturally caring, and that's just from my experience, just naturally caring, and um, that would go, that that has a kind heart. I, I don't know how to quite So do you it. like Columbus? My experience is good. Yes, I like it. Jada, you're from Covington, so what did you think? Um, for me, it was kind of like a culture shock and I wasn't expecting it to be because I was like, I'm still in the state. I just went two hours down. But like when I got here, everything was different. I definitely feel like there's more of a sense of community here because where I'm from, we don't even have sidewalks. So (laughs) (laughs) just seeing people like always walking, biking, definitely skateboarding, just seeing like the community. There's scooters everywhere now. Scooters everywhere, the bustling activity. And I mean, this isn't Atlanta, but like coming from Covington, I just, I know like speaking from like native, like Columbus people, they're like, there's nothing to do here. And I'm like, there's way more to do here (laughs) than back in Covington. So it was just like, I definitely saw a sense of community and just activity and just vibrancy that I didn't see where I was from. And that's interesting. That's really (laughs) interesting. And the three of y'all also point to the transformation of Columbus State University. 25, 30 years ago, you were the traditional CSU kid. Shaw High School, CSU, maybe working adult, CSU. You were the traditional Cody Road High kid. Not so much out of Metro Atlanta then. <laughs> maybe athletes came in out of the metro area, but not so much general students. And then music school, communications, all that started to change that. But now, CSU, and I think these Demogra- we had Dr. Markwood in here last week. I think these demographics are right. CSU 
has the highest African-American enrollment of any college in the University of Georgia system that is not a historically black college or state university. CSU has an incredible amount of population out of the metro area. Does it feel like a college to you, and does it feel like a college to you, or does it feel like the 13th grade? It feels like college to me. Even when I first left high school and I went straight into CSU, it felt like college to me. I didn't feel like I was going to the 13th grade. I mean, I did see people, of course, I went to high school with, you know, but I I didn't feel like that. I felt like I was going to college. (laughs) And for y'all, I mean, I mean, Covington, what's the closest school to Covington? Kennesaw? I'll say Kennesaw or... um, Perimeter? Yeah, Perimeter. I went to Perimeter for dual enrollment, so... Okay, so you did dual enrollment at Perimeter. Um, Closest one for you in the Um, university system? Conyers um, would be... Or Clayton State. Clayton State. Clayton State would be... I would say Gwinnett College. Well, Gwinnett, well, it's a route that gets to Gwinnett College. It's like 20 minutes from it. So, yeah. So, y'all have seen other... There's, what, 34 schools in the system? Is that right, give or take? Okay. Um, Fact-checking with Dr. Gibson here. Y'all seen the university system schools. Are you glad you chose Columbus State University and why? Start, Ryan. I say yes. Um, like you said before, is the most African American. Uh, a lot of African Americans attend the school, and I like it because Columbus State is diversity it has a lot. It's it's not just a PWI. It has Asian. It has black. It has everyone that's there, and that's something I did not expect because you know it's Columbus. And so when I first thought, I was like, well, it's theater case. I only seen one section of it. I'd never seen uptown to came to um, Columbus State my freshman year. And so, with that being said, I'm kind of proud because it's, again, a lot of African Americans come to the school. It's not a historical um, black college. So, I think that's, like, even plus for me that, you know, I went to school and I um, got the same experience while going to HBCU. That is a fascinating. That's interesting. That's very interesting. I hope Dr. Mark Wood and Mike Tellier and some of those guys listen to this because I think – there's some things we learned. What about you? Glad glad you picked it? I am. I'm glad I picked it, but I'm going to be honest. In the beginning, it was kind of off-pitting because I did start college in the middle of a pandemic. So when I came here, everything was like war zone, masks everywhere. Um, There's only like five people in most of my classes, stuff like that. So after seeing the world open up a little bit more, I started to be able to truly appreciate and experience Columbus State for what it was because I didn't originally get that. So I am glad that I got came here, and I also feel like I am getting everything that I want out of college from here. You know, in some ways, and, and I, I, are you glad you're? Of course. Uh, of okay, course. I, I need short answer. <laughs> uh, but in some ways, your generation, y'all been cheated. COVID has cheated you. Is that fair? I mean, that's me looking at it. I mean, I would feel like I've been cheated if I was finishing college or doing college in a pandemic. I do personally feel that, like to the core, kind of. <laughs> do you feel like you've been cheated? Yes, but no. Simply, I say no because um, the things I was doing prior before 
COVID, I was still doing after. I was still going to the library. I was still was doing in my room studying, doing that. Of course, activity wise, you know, it did kind of took a pullback, but it was still happening. It was just less um, expanded. I would say yes and no as well because um, most of the things that, like Ryan is saying, that we, we were doing, we, we were able to start doing now. I would like some more normalcy or for things to kind of go back <laughs> to how it was before COVID. Um, maybe we can do some more things. But like I said, we're still, we still have a lot of things around campus that we're doing. Um, we get, I get engagement emails and things all the time. So I don't, I can't say, I think it's getting back. Maybe when COVID first began, yes, but I think it's getting back to, you know, how it used to be That's prior scary. to COVID. I'm going to ask you all a very unfair question. I get to ask the unfair <laughs> questions. It's the best part of my job. Unfair question. Okay, 2022, calendar flips in a couple weeks. What do you see yourself doing? What do you see yourself doing 10 years down the road? Hopefully, I can be doing what you're doing. That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> Maybe here or, you know, somewhere else. But I'm, I'm hoping that I'm well into my career by that time um, and enjoying journalism. What about you, Jada? I hope that, once again, I am in my career. I am hope I'm happy with my career. Um, but... I also hope that it takes me in a different direction. I kind of want to be like the foreign correspondent kind of things. I want to be in it. I don't want to be in America. I want to be in a different country journaling. Awesome. <laughs> what about you, Brian? I plan to take my my stories to film and um, expand African American stories that is not rightly told and follow the footsteps of um, Jordan Peele and Issa Rae. So that's what I plan on doing. You know. And I have no doubt you will figure that out. I mean, you, I mean, you've been, you've been, all three of y'all been joys, but watching somebody who thinks a little like I thought 40 years ago about storytelling, has a passion for storytelling. I mean, it starts with a story and you figure that out. And I think you're going to be able to ride that train along. And that's, that's been a cool part of this. We're toward the end, and at the end of my podcast, I do what I call turn the tables. And I'm going to do it real quickly because I, I won't be out of here in eight, seven, eight minutes. But real quickly, turn the tables. You get to ask me a question. Y'all have been watching me ask the questions. Y'all have actually asked questions to me through this. But I'll start with you, Jada, and we'll just go around the horn. Can, can we go the other way? Okay, <laughs> we'll start. Okay, that's a fair enough, okay? One question that I have for you. Hmm. You've been so transparent, Mr. Chuck. It's like you, we talked yeah, to you. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like we've asked you so many things. <laughs> oh, like, especially along the way. <laughs> That's um, true. That... I would say if you could do anything else other than journalism and what you're doing now, what would you do? Uh, I probably would have gone to law school. Okay. I mean, that's that. I come from a family of lawyers. You know, I've realized, and y'all have seen it in the courtroom. Sometimes I write stories, and I make lawyers a lot of money because they get to represent people and 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 respond to it. So, lawyer, 
That's probably what it is. Short answer. That's the next one. It's still storytelling. It's still storytelling. It's still storytelling. Do a, I would be a trial lawyer. I would be it to tell my stories to 12 people. Right. That's for sure. Um, wow, this is a tough one, actually. Um, I, I would say hypothetically. Um, Hypothetical questions always get you in trouble. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I would say hypothetically, if Columbus State was to become an HBCU, will you stay a little bit long in journalism to cover that um, duration of time? I don't think that would happen, but I think what Columbus State has figured out is they have figured out that they're going to have 8,000 or 80, between eight and 8,500 students on campus. They have defi- figured out, in my, and I go all the way back to, I've been covering Columbus State for a lot of years. Um, they've figured out that being one way, is not the best way. Being diverse, being a diverse area, and, and the diversity is not just black and white or Asian or Hispanic. The diversity is music kids sitting next mm-hmm. to business kids. The diversity is folks that have no interest at all in the music, but they can go listen to a free concert of these kids. I mean, I've got a trombone player who lives next door to me, a CSU trombone. I'm not trombone, excuse me, tuba player. A CSU tuba student who lives next door to me. I finally went to his concert the other night because I've been listening to it for three months. (laughs) I mean, you know, in that, I think what CSU, Columbus State University has figured it out. They have figured out how to do a, who said melting pot? One of y'all said melting pot. They have made a melting pot of a student body. Do you think, I mean, I'll turn the question on you, Brian. Do you think your experience was richer because you weren't at an HCBU? HBCU, I'm sorry. Um, I wouldn't know to compare it to, but I would say, like you said, I have met a variety of people here. So I don't think nothing banks that more than just HBCU that's predominantly black as opposed to like Savannah State and Albany State are the two that are in the system in the university system. Right. Uh yeah, nothing beats diversity. I haven't met like I said, I've met a variation of characters of people in Columbus State and that's what professors to teachers and I mean to professors and students and just community members as well. It's it's a lot out there in Columbus Your State. Your plant services is a very diverse group. I see those guys all the time when I'm in the bureau. Go ahead. Oh, my question? Yeah. Um, so with your many years of journalism, I wonder if there was ever a story that just like wowed you and stuck with you after all these years. You know, one of the interesting part is y'all got to see that story. Y'all got to see pieces of that. I mean, I covered gender integration of the U.S. Army Ranger School, done some of that. Great stories. I've never, ever in 40 years of journalism, nearly 40, 39 seen anything like a district attorney getting elected on a populist campaign and ending up in prison before his first year was out. I mean, y'all y'all have seen a piece of a story that is literally a once-in-a-lifetime public corruption story. Y'all have seen it. You've seen, y'all have got, the three of y'all have gotten to sit in the courtroom. You've gotten to watch me interview people on that. Y'all have gotten to see a piece of that. So, you know, I mean... One of my stories that I'll talk about when my career's done is Mark Jones. And 
you know, and I will talk about how I had these little three little mice running behind me everywhere I went, you know, and it's, you know, and, you know, it's fun. It's, does that answer your question? It does. Okay. Well, we are going to get to a point where we need to wrap this up, but I want to say, the last thing I want to say before I wrap it up, to Jada Washington, Brian Thompson, and Jasmine Edmond, I want to thank y'all. I want to thank y'all for help. I mean, I've gotten more out of this than y'all ever will. I mean, this last three months of y'all shadowing has been a great experience for me. I've always sort of thought I was a teacher at heart, and y'all have kind of sort of showed me a little bit of that in a real in a real life way. And I appreciate Dr. Gibson and the CSU Comms Department allowing this to happen. So it's been a great experience all the way around. Everything's been couldn't have been better. And I just want to thank y'all for being prompt doing what you say you were going to do and being professional and being being somebody that gives an old guy like me hope for the future. I want to thank all, all three of y'all. You're the closest you get to high five. <laughs> but thanks, guys. Okay, we're at the point now, Dylan, where we need to wrap this up. This You've been listening to The Chuck Williams Show. You can hear it on WR. You can watch it on WRBL.com Tuesday nights from 7 to 8. It'll be on 7 to 8 tonight. Tell your parents. Mm-hmm. Y'all can They can watch it on WRBL.com. You can also pick it up on Spotify, iHeart, and Apple where you get normal podcasts. That won't have the video element, but you can get it there. Also, y'all have noticed I am a social media person. Have to be. You can't do this job without it, even if you want to quit social media. You can follow me on Twitter at Chuck Williams, on Facebook at Chuck Williams WRBL, and then on Instagram, Chuck Williams 0999. Well, I want to thank y'all for listening. This has been a little different version of the Chuck Williams show, but it's been a good one for me. I've never done one that was a final exam before. It's kind of <laughs> it's kind of intimidating. Well, three CSU kids, future's bright. Come back next week and we'll have another edition of the Chuck Williams show.